Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Bryce. And this is SideQuests. Today we're picking up where we left off from last week. Uh, we actually had one ridiculously long conversation that we ended up deciding to cut in half uh, in order to present to you. So you can check out last week's if you want to catch up. And let's get started. You know, one of the, one of the, the reasons that graphics are so important in video games like throughout the, the 90s is that like you're like trying to outdo the other game companies. Um, mm -hmm. But at a certain point, like, well, everyone's just has these beautiful, just like super great light sourcing, these, you know, high resolution 3D models of things, blah, blah, blah. Um, these, you know, enormous teams with these enormous budgets to make these, you know, um, very cinematic, uh, high quality visual things. And so you're, you're maybe AAA games are still like trying to do that and outdo, uh, outdo each other. But, but a lot of people are like, well, okay, not only could I not compete there, I cannot possibly differentiate myself from there. But since everyone is doing that, it's no longer a good axis on which to differentiate myself. Um, right. And it's becoming easier to emulate that with things like Unity right, and yeah. so on. But it's saying that I could work myself to death producing an Undertale in three dimensions where I can walk around and talk to these perfectly realistic looking skeletons that I could talk to. But actually, it is excellent in a different aesthetic. Yeah. The idea of a, a very realistic looking Undertale is, is obviously um, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> One day, there will be an HD remix. Yeah. <laughs> HD remaster. Um, yeah, 20, 20 years from now. Oh my god. I, am I excited about that? Or am I just... So this is the thing. I grew up in the 90s where a remastered version of something, you know, even in the early 2000s, was like, oh my god, I can't wait to play that. Like, like um, the, the, the hints that there might be a remastered Final Fantasy VII. Right. That but I can play with good graphics, but like at the, even better graphics. But at the same time, um, our childhood memory of what a remaster is, is George Lucas, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy. There's, it's, not, it's not obvious that there, there should be any enthusiasm for, for the idea of a, of a remaster of a beloved work. Right. Um, I have to admit that I was, even though I think the hints that there was going to be a new Final Fantasy VII remix remaster was still exciting after i had seen the redone original star wars trilogy no i and i am i'm excited about the, the possibility of new final fantasy 7 i'm excited about the brood war uh remaster which is coming out in a couple of months although that is mostly for mechanical reasons and not for aesthetic reasons um which is I um, agree. A better reason um, to do something, and it's doing great because they're they're not they're not changing any of the gameplay mechanics, but they're gonna add like matchmaking, mm. um, you know, a ladder, and like all of the things that you oh, expect yeah, on yeah. on competitive video games now, right. which um, even they have figured out. Yeah, uh, the the card one, Hearthstone, Hearthstone, which I yeah. also played a lot. I'm just can't remember the name of yeah. it at the and time. And StarCraft 2, right, like, yeah, they, they have, they've developed all these all these systems um, for competitive multiplayer games. Um, and so they're like, oh, people still want to play this game, this old game. Um, mm -hmm. We should add these to it. We may as well add a bunch of new graphics so yeah. we can sell it again. Um, <laughs> Is it so okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not entirely sure I'll buy it. 
but maybe one day. I don't know. I I played StarCraft. You know, I, I thought it was great. I played mostly through the single player and, well, the online multiplayer. Basically, just meant I died within the first 10 minutes. I never had that ability to go in I and, like, really dig into it. Which I understand there's, you know, there's substance to get into once you do that. But but it was troublesome to try to get into that substance. Yeah. Yeah, Brood Wars are really, I mean, certainly belongs on the list. I think it is, in some ways, the most successful of the... Well, successful is not the right word, because you would have to define success. But um, it does competitive gaming so well, and I think, like, probably extremely accidentally. I don't know how accidental it is. Um, they were coming from Warcraft and Warcraft 2. Yeah, no, but... Starcraft. But the, the thing about Brood War that I think is true is that the things that make it annoying, the things that that most people who try to play the game are like, this is stupid, this interface is stupid, I'm fighting with the interface, why can't I only select 12 things at a time? You know, why can't I multi-select buildings? And a lot of these things are things that they, like, quote, fixed in StarCraft 2. And I, I, I put fixing quotes, although I, I actually think in general that this is a fix. These things that make the game really feel very clunky and frustrating are also what make it a really effective like competitive game um, mm. because the main thing you are spending in a game of Brood War is your own attention. Right. Um, and so the, the trick about Brood War is that attention devoted to almost any task in the whole game will make that task be, perform be performed more effectively, like including like pathfinding. Hmm. Um, like if you like select a bunch of dragoons and click them across the map, um, they're gonna get lost and separated and like run into each other and you know all get killed. Um, and and that seems dumb, but at the same time, like the end result of that of that like stupid pathing thing where they you know, like run into each other and get lost and confused is that you can make it better by paying attention, and that means if you really want to move your army across the map correctly you have to spend some attention there and that's attention that you're not spending on something else and and that all of the things that make the game frustrating to play end up being additional elements in the in like the high level gameplay of like what am i paying attention to and what, what am i doing um, i always found that when it came to that kind of game and and this was just me was I wanted things to take care of themselves while I wasn't doing it. That was the whole idea, was you give orders and they handle those orders. And and this constant attention, the micromanagement, always felt like a real problem when it came to being a general, mm. which is sort of the, the general... That's the, funny because the I general idea <laughs> oh. of the whole thing was that I that's not what I wanted out of that kind of game, and it worked that way. You could beat the original game with five siege tanks, right? Yeah, the first the first person camp, the, the the single player campaign is you know is very forgiving, right. and so which I've beaten, I think. So so like Brood War, I think is extremely important. Um, one of the reasons I bring it up is it kind of loops back to a thing we were talking about earlier, which is uh, sports and and. You know how, like I, I said earlier, that I think like video games have more in common with sports than they do with board games in some in some ways, and I think Brood War is a really, really great example of this. Where you know it's a real 
time strategy game and people uh, want it to be a strategy game, but it is more a real-time game. Mm. Um, and, and being like, oh, you know, I wish I could just do the strategy bit of Brood War is a little bit being like, well, I don't want to like run a lot, but I wish I could play football. Um, right. And like, that's a legitimate desire, but it's just not. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's the people who like football so decided. It, the, the armchair coaches or armchair generals, yeah, armchair or... yeah armchair quarterback. Um, or, yeah, that's it. Um, right, like like it's a fine desire, but the people who are really into this game are like, no, actually, the running around and hitting each other bit is really important. And so that's what the game is, right? Like, there can be other games that don't involve running around and hitting each other or clicking really fast or whatever. But, the you know, Brood War, like, is this very, very, like, kind of perfect encapsulation of this particular thing, which is simultaneously making strategic decisions and overcoming, like, moment-to-moment challenges, like physical and intentional challenges. Um, and one thing that makes that... Oh, man, I had... A sweet transition. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry, I had my own transition, so I like jumped in. Uh, which is good. One of the things that makes it something about making it popular. Mm. Well, I'm not sure that's a can of worms that is good to open up as a transition because no, it's a um, different que- can of worms. Yeah, the question, no, the no, question no. of what makes games accessible and popular, um, is probably just a topic. Um, right. That's very true. Um, but although although you can go down the history of video games, which we're about to do as we go down this list, um, and one of the things that you can see is an increased accessibility. Which, I mean, StarCraft had, but mm. lost. I, I argue, because like by the time I was trying to play it online, there was a huge gap right. in, in like what I could do. Like, I was indomitable on a single-player map. Right. And completely destroyable like almost instantaneously yeah. on any kind of multiplayer yeah and it, and that's that's just like just true um and you can try to play brood war now and it's even worse like 80 percent of the games you'll be playing against someone who's really good and you'll die immediately and 20 percent of the time you'll be playing against someone who is worse than you and you'll win immediately and and there's like zero good games to be had yeah um you know, at like a medium skill level. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, there's no. Uh, and and that's that's too bad. Um, and and it's weird because like, unlike real actual sports, where I bet you, I could find somebody I'm go- as good as right. at soccer. Yeah. Which I played in elementary school. Well, a lot of a lot of what happens with sports and people playing them now is that skill is distributed over a lot of people, right? So like. We could get a team together and go play soccer, and some of us would be better and some of us would be worse, and that would be true of the other team, and we'd all have fun. But, like, on the other hand, if I went to, I don't know, the tennis court and hung around and was like, I want to play tennis, I'm going to play you. And then, like, whoever walked by the tennis court with a tennis racket, if I was like, I'm challenging you to tennis, which is, like, essentially essentially how the, the matchmaking in, you know, like, Brood War works, right? Because you're just, like, randomly assigned someone who's also looking for a game like there's mm-hmm. no there's nothing smarter there right. um so it, i would i would in fact lose 95 percent of my tennis matches um because i can't 
actually play tennis. <laughs> um, like, right. I, I mostly miss the ball. Well, the, the um, thing is, that's the only way to play tennis. Um, and, and then... If you are playing brood war and not tennis. <laughs> tennis being a metaphor here. Right, but, but so, like, but, yeah, so if I was just to hang out in the tennis court and be like, hey, play me in tennis, um, one, I would lose all the time, and two, everyone who played me would be annoyed. They'd be like, why is this guy hanging out in the tennis court, like, mm. wasting the tennis player's time? And, right. and so I would not have the experience of having good games that where I got better, and they would not have the experience of enjoying themselves, right? I'm, yeah. I would literally just be ruining tennis. So, so playing ping pong um, in my youth, I would play in my living room as a kid because mm -hmm. my family had a relatively large living room, and we would have a pretty big Thanksgiving dinner, and we would set up a ping pong table to eat dinner on, but then also play ping pong on at some point in my youth. Uh, I would lose to my brother a lot, like every game, but I steadily got slightly better as I can remember. I mean, he was way better than I was. Right. Well, But playing with somebody better than I was got me better at that game. Uh, and then and then playing with people who are better than you improves your game playing ability. At, at a certain, if you were close enough to play. Mm. Because if what happens, if I played tennis with right. someone who was really good at it and really just trying to beat me, I would never hit the ball. Right. It goes, kabunk, bunk, <laughs> slam. Yeah, oh, and I, I like, so, like, bunk, slam, bam. Oh, where, whereas if I was playing tennis against someone who liked me and wanted me to be better at tennis so mm -hmm. I could play tennis with them, mm -hmm. um, they would be able to make it hard for me in a way that was effective. I'm right? going to replace the word, the word tennis with the words table tennis oh. and say that this is essentially my youth. Mm -hmm. Right, and obviously we can replace those words with any game. Um, and one of the problems with like anonymous matchmaking on the internet is that you don't know anything about the person you're about to play, mm -hmm. and so you're like, oh, um, gee, I'm just going to try to win this game, and then you realize, you know, in, in Brood War, you like get to their base with your army, and you see that they have like built an extractor and like they haven't done anything and you're like oh i'm really sorry like i'm just gonna kill you now like it's gonna be terrible right. you're gonna be really confused about why i have all these troops right. um but you're just dead sorry right. um right. you didn't you didn't know anything about it and, it and had you known that you were playing against someone who was worse than you you might have done something different right. um, and that's an example of being really deep into one video game. Mm -hmm. But there's also the notion of being uh, not deep into one video game, but athletic. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's one, true. Not deep into one game, but athletic. Yeah, yeah, um, And so, so if you were really, really good at tennis, and somebody ch challenged you to get a game of basketball, you're like, I'm thinking about this game of basketball I'm going to play. You are in shape. Mm -hmm. Right, and there's some notion of video game in shape. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so that's sort of why video game canon is important. The idea of I know how to play right. this spectrum yeah, yeah. of video games, right. this number right. of them. Yeah, and like, so I, I can have a conversation in that middle ground, or I can play that middle ground. Like neither of us are in the top tier of any kind of video game. Oh, players, I would get right? killed at every um, video game. But I think we are both like very skilled generalists. 
And and if you know you made some system where you had to like roll a dice and then challenge someone to a game based on whatever game showed up, like I don't think we'd be winners. You right? were just talking about rom check there. <laughs> <laughs> but like if if you know, I don't think we'd be winners. I think I would be competitive in that game. Somebody figured out how to rank every video game. Like it's the number of seconds left over from the first world of Mario. Right. One. Yeah. You just kept keep. Yeah, and, and um, the number of kills, your KD spread. I mean, is this my Halo and your? My understanding is that, and this may or may not be true. My understanding is that the the PAX Omegathon is like a, a secret game that that no one has played, like that no one knows what it is, and then everyone or like a series of secret games. Maybe this isn't true. I just feel like I feel like I have heard of a competition which is like people just have to play games that they aren't prepared for. Oh, um, okay. Um, so and I think I would like I wouldn't obviously be the best at that, but like I, I would be okay at that. Um, I I listened to the audiobook of uh, Ready Player One, right? Yeah, yeah. Which consists of being prepared to play every video game from the eighties, right? It's um, in many ways a very silly book. Right. I I was on a road trip and uh, it was fun, especially because uh, Will Wheaton read the red book, uh, read the audiobook. It's a strange kind of authorial power fantasy of like my own particular knowledge becomes the most important thing in the world. Right. And it was very clearly written by somebody who was born and grew up in yeah. The and and I say or... I say that in like a slightly disparaging way, and I'm sure um, like it's a book. It's written. It's well written enough to want to read it. I. It's hard. You wrote that book. Like I'm. I'm oh, sure yeah. I'd be your friend and if I knew you. I'm not trying to. It was super fun to listen yeah, to like, while driving through the desert in the southwest of the United States, and I'm sure it would have been super fun to listen no matter where I was. <laughs> it was like I spent hours and hours in a car and was listening, and I. A, was a little bit excited to get back in the car to listen to the next chunk right. of that book. I I liked it, even though some parts I was like, oh, that's... Okay. Some parts of, the, of it were not the best, but I found it incredibly enjoyable to read. But in it, there, there, there was a canon. It was like a really particular 1980s canon. Right. And it include movies that you should have watched in the 80s which right and like i didn't because you know i was um seven yeah. at maximum um <laughs> yeah and i i i've seen most of the movies mm -hmm. that were referenced in it i've played a lot of the games and it made it seem like i should have played and played more of them those games I should have played more of those games, and I should have seen more of the movies, and I should have memorized all of them, but but that seems ridiculous. When you're writing a book, you get to distill all of your uh, experience and knowledge into the page, and mm -hmm. and so it's like you had all that experience and knowledge like all the time, but but like you writing is awesome because you get to take you know years and years and years of your life and compress it into hours and hours and hours of someone else's experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it great. Um, it's really hard. Um, right. And and so one of the points of that book is that there's these, there's just minutia mm. 
that you're supposed to have memorized. And I don't want to go talk too much about the book, but the idea is like, yes, there is some amount of like media that you should have consumed right. or that you, you should consume or that you should know exists so that one day you could play a few minutes of it or read a little bit of it. Some video games take a hundred hours to get everything there is to get out of it. Right. And some games take 15 minutes. Right. And it's really confusing about media. Like, movies, there's, there are very few movies that are more than two hours. Right, but there are... More than two and a half hours. But Let's there's, call it two and a half. But there's TV shows. There's TV shows, and... Um, you don't necessarily need to have seen all of those TV shows. Right, but you also don't necessarily need to have... Right, like, you don't have to have played all of Final Fantasy VII. I don't know how much you should have played. Um, all of Final Fantasy um, VII. Right. I mean, I'm going to claim you should have also watched all of Buffy. Um, oh, I still haven't actually seen all of right, Buffy. But, I'm admitting it. Uh, but, but like... There, I've seen I, not all of the last season. Uh, but these are, like, roughly equivalent kinds of ideas, because obviously, in both... If, you, if you've, you know, experienced either of these things, like, in both of them, actually some extraordinarily high percent of them is not good, or is boring, or is stupid. Um, but, but the aggregate is really important. I'm, I'm trying to think of a particular enemy that I fought on quite a lot of in right. Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. But you can't remember because it wasn't that it memorable. Wasn't. Right, and that's really the problem. And that's the problem with video games as far as building a canon is concerned. If somebody can come back and make a distilled experience of blank. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to make a claim. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that we can make a video game canon from the last 20 or 30 years. Hmm. Um, and that we maybe can't do it anymore. Or like, no, that's not true. We can make a video game canon from like 1990 to 2010. Mm. Um, but that maybe afterwards, there's too many video games. Um, it it oh. might be something like, like, could you make a things you should watch on YouTube canon? <laughs> um, right, like that's... Right. That's silly. You you couldn't. There's no, too many things you should watch on YouTube. The other thing that's really interesting about canons as a whole is how long since the original creation of that medium can you create a canon? Like, literature, I don't know when the original literature canon right, sure. is from. Yeah. We've already discussed that we have no idea. Yeah, I think I have a, I think I read a book once about that but I think I have it but, but, it said? Um, but I'm, I'm not gonna make any claims okay. because someone who had expertise would contradict me and I'd be wrong and I'd feel foolish let's say uh, there was no canon until the 40s okay um I think it's earlier than that but sure sure what when, when um, do you think it is I, uh, I I expect that the idea of the canon is like early 20th century okay but um, but like the teens, like the the yeah, but the, like definition of like the use it uses of the word canon, but that might. I think that there has been a literary canon for, you know, since like the seventeen hundreds, like like mm. maybe even earlier, right? Like there's right. Um, I, I as long say, as Oxbridge has existed, <laughs> I think there has been a literary canon. I would say there's been a video canon since a video game canon, since the eighties. And a, a movie canon since maybe the 20s. 
Yeah, and uh, that's arbitrary dates. I don't claim I claim that there. Um, so believe anything. I don't think that there has been a video game canon since the '80s because I don't think that hmm. I don't think that people took video games seriously enough okay. to think of it as a canon. How um, about 2000? Yeah, I'll I'll say that I agree. Okay, so um, 2000. There's a video game canon and included Mario. Yeah, and Day of the Tentacle. Sure. Or at least Maniac Mansion. I'm um, presently playing Day of the Tentacle, so um, it has extra special significance. Yeah, yeah, we can. It was relatively. I feel like it was relatively recent in 2000. Um, I, I oh, played funny. it. I'm trying to remember when I, I like. I know whose friend's house I was at when I played it. I know what, <laughs> what room I was in, but That's I don't weird. remember what year I was. That's funny. Um, I was, know exactly whose um, house I was in and what room I was in. <laughs> Because it was my house in my living room, yeah. uh, but I, but I knew about this game for a long time since. I believe uh, it was on a two X CD ROM drive, uh, which was quite slow. Yeah, no, I think my first, my family was a little slow in getting things, and a four X CD ROM is what we. Yeah, had. that was the first one we owned as well. Yeah. Um, oh, do you want to just throw Mist on this list we're about to make? I'm just gonna put it on um, there, yeah, because. Uh, the topic of slow CD-ROM drives is what uh, <laughs> reminds me of Mist. But that's a great, that's a great reason <laughs> to put it on a list, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, I and and I don't know what else was on there in two thousand, but it was oh well, Final Fantasy seven I would have put on there. Yeah, and Final Fantasy one. No, yeah. Mario one, two, and three. I would have put some yeah. other stuff. So let's let's take a let's stop. And let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. And let's talk about what we've talked about so far. Right. And we, we clearly have completely failed to define a canon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, I think that's the point. That's, that's what we have done. Um, but we have done so uh, in a way that has produced something that is a fraction of a canon. I do believe that Jeff is writing notes, but we're going to get to them when he presents them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to accept that note, um, oh. and I'm going to mention it when we get there. So I'm going to mention everything that we've talked about so far, which is probably not everything, because my note-taking ability is not so grand. So we have mentioned Mario, and I'm going to go ahead and say that's Mario 1 and 3, and um. we can fight over number 2. Right. Um. Do you think number 2 should be on here? Um, well, we would at least Jeff be listed. Nods, yes. It would at least be listed separately. It's one of my favorite. Beating Mario Two is maybe one of my favorite video gaming memories. Um, oh, I've never beaten Mario. Um, II, it was so like, I don't have that memory. So it is, it obviously isn't a Mario game. Whoa, um, Jeff, our producer. I'm officially <laughs> giving him a title. Says it's the best underlined Mario. Um, it has. An incredible soundtrack, um, okay. soundtrack which is, is, I think, like basically Django Reinhardt. Um, <laughs> it, it, I think it's like basically a set of gypsy jazz tunes, uh, and it is one of my favorite games. Um, <laughs> okay. <but laughs> okay, moving on. Um, um, but that there's, was a, there's uh, Mario, right? He's, Mario is this guy. Um, Mario. Um, Mario 64 probably belongs on the canon, but I actually didn't play it because oh, there's true. there's a whole period of time in which when I was a child and couldn't buy things or like didn't have money and then there was a period of time in which I was a grown-up and didn't play video games um, and a huge amount of things were in there and then 
I hit another period of time when I was a grown-up, and I realized that I could play video games as a grown-up, and that was awesome. Yeah, I had, as a kid, I had an Atari, and which had a number after it, but I always just called it the Atari, so at this point in my life, I have no idea what number it was. I had an Atari, then I had a Nintendo, an NES. I did not have an N- uh, Super Nintendo, mm. nor did I have an N64, but I did have a PlayStation 1, then... Mm. Later, I had a PlayStation 2. I skipped a PlayStation 2, and I had an Xbox 360. And then I had a PlayStation 4, which I bought this recent, Um, most recent of the Decembers. uh, Jeff? Jeff. Jeff has raised his hand, and he wishes to... He's been called upon. So Jeff just brought up a very interesting, awesome, exciting obscure product the nintendo playstation uh, it was an early collaboration between sony and nintendo before they split off and nintendo kept doing its own thing and sony made the playstation though i think this thing is fascinating and great uh in its own way it is certainly not canon because of the Number of people who played it, which is, I'm going to call a, a less zero, than a thousand. Right. Like, like, it's approximately zero. It's oh. approximately zero uh, in the, when compared to the number of people who played, um, for example, the Xbox. Right, although, although right, it's interesting, right, because we had this earlier conversation about, like, whether Space War should be on the canon. Oh, right, and, yeah. and, you know, that might also be approximately zero people ever played it. Right, but, but if, if you compare Space, Bo- Space War... With the number of people who had ever played a video game at the time... Right, yeah, it was like 100% of them. It's 100% at a certain Um, point. Yeah. As opposed to the Sony PlayStation, with, at the present time, it's almost zero. Yeah, at the time that the Nintendo PlayStation existed, um, approximately 0% of video game players played a game on it. Um, Right. But it's fascinating and awesome to think about, and I would love to do a future discussion about this topic and there are so many ways you could branch off from that topic alone that it warrants its very own podcast but it could also be included in every other podcast in a smaller amount i think it's a worthy topic but it is not part of the canon so we're so we're going on a list um right we're we're extremely distractible um yeah. But uh, but we are in fact going down the list, um, and we we were at uh, Mario. We were defining Mario, oh, yeah. um, so we didn't get very far. Mario, um, and Mario. we said Final Fantasy VII, but in fact we mean Final Fantasy um, more broadly. And we could argue about which specific Final Fantasy games right. are Final Fantasy. Okay, so wait, I'm gonna say um, Final Fantasy includes one, I would, four. Uh, yeah, um, and six. released released in America as two and three on this list. Right. One, four, six, and seven, um, yeah. and maybe ten for sure. Um, Boy, maybe not ten, but yeah. one, four, six, and seven. Um, certainly, like I mean, that's a very. It, I agree. It's a very Western notion of what Final Fantasy is because those are the ones that were originally released in America. Yes. Um, and that's true. Um, probably important for who has played them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. 
so so this is a really important thing is video game and film too it's is was very international and it's especially in its early games in our early film <laughs> games early on so really the truth is as being born in the United States I have particular standpoints so I don't necessarily think that this is pure and true for all people of the earth yeah yeah no it's interesting right because among other things there is this weird fact that um, computer games uh, in the early era were mostly produced in America and um, Nintendo games, console games, were mostly produced uh, not in America. Right. Um, and I don't have a great understanding of, you know, the macroeconomics of the 80s. Um, so I don't, you know, fully understand why or why not things happened. But the, yeah, like, I, I'm certainly perfectly happy to say 1, 4, 6, 7, Final Fantasy, 10 might be canon, I didn't play it. Um, I believe it had a Black Wizard um, and that was cool. Um, like he had a little hat and stuff. Ten. Oh um, yeah. Like it was. No, it went back. Like it went ten. back to the previous aesthetic, and that was neat. Um, no, that's one um, of the reasons I liked. Though, the though I, and, though yeah, I and, beat it without realizing. It. And I would say that four and six are roughly equivalent, although they are like they're separate and important in their own ways. Um, but I would say that. Why did they write four? Um, but oh four. Yeah, but I would four say is that two four. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, it was released as two on the SNES. For some reason, um, I briefly thought five, which I have played for some reason. Yeah, that's but. a it's a great game. But one, four or six, and seven, I think, are really important. Um, to, seven is for sure important to understand like the evolution of the series. Um, yeah. And four and six, like there is an evolution between four and six that's important, and I, I think they're both great games right. and, and go go play them, they're awesome. But but at the same time, if you picked one of those two, mm. I think it would be fine. Um, but I'm not willing to say that one of them is the correct one. I've been a diehard fan of Final Fantasy, except not really that diehard, yeah. because I... Yeah. It, turns, it turns out your enthusiasm actually I just died. I have not actually played um, one in a very long time, yeah. Right, so... No, yeah, it's just... It's troublesome uh, for my identity, I guess. But uh, but I played one many times, and then I played seven. Really, that's what it is. And and like as far as being considering yourself a diehard fan, that's a terrible track record. No, so I, I'm going to go ahead and release that claim. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, not I played a diehard fan. I played four and, and six a, a lot over and over again. But but the important thing, I think, like. For I think for you and me about being a Final Fantasy fan was the decision to buy a PlayStation or an N sixty four. Yeah, Final um, Fantasy is the reason I owned a PlayStation. Yeah, I absolutely was going to buy an N sixty four, and then mm -hmm. I learned that SquareSoft had uh, switched to Sony, so I, I bought yeah a PlayStation. Me too. Yeah. Exactly the same story. And so here's how it went: I was excited about the N sixty four, and then I saw a commercial. On television. And this is crazy. Because this is the last time this has happened. It's the first video game commercial. Oh. I believe. Oh, is it? Um, well, good job, PlayStation. Sony, congratulations. Your decision in 1997 was the correct one. <laughs> because it earned my parents' money. <laughs> uh, and so, I... 
I saw this commercial and it was this crazy, this awesome like pre-rendered amazing cutscene. It showed Eris going into the water and it was it was amazing and it was awesome and it showed like battle and it was great. And then it said Final Fantasy and I went, oh my god, I need to own this thing. And then it went, boom. PlayStation and I went <gasps> no. I yeah. was gonna get a, I was gonna get an N64 right. and, that and, was the thing I wanted and now I want Final Fantasy more than I want Nintendo and it, it was hard it was a hard thing to feel because you also wanted um, the possibility of playing another Zelda game mm-hmm. um, and, and Mario yeah like there were there were things that Right, and you had, was, you had to decide, right? You're it was like, a betrayal. Yeah, you're like, which which of these things that I feel incredibly strongly about, like, are the most important one? And right. it turned out it was Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy was um, it. Because for whatever reason, there was something incredibly powerful about about that franchise's like grindy mechanics and <laughs> ham-handed storytelling, right? Like, like well, it, you, you couldn't <laughs> get stories, right? And they weren't good stories. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say it. Like, there were stories, and that was what was cool. Yeah, um, it wasn't it was that there were great stories. Because at that point, <laughs> Zelda and Final Fantasy were approximately equivalent. Yeah. Because what made something a role-playing game was being able to save it. Right. Like, in yeah. my mind, it, that's it, what it, it was. Took, yeah, it took a while to get through. Right. Um, and you I weren't you weren't expected character. to be able... Like, yeah, the idea of saving is a little bit about how long it takes, but it's also about expectations. Like, like you're expected to get through Mario in one yeah. sitting. Um, or you're, like, a hundredth sitting, but yes. Yeah, but there, you should... You're, the, the, the claim of the game is that if you sit down to play this, you can get all the way through. Yeah. If you know what you're doing. Whereas the claim of Zelda is like, well, no, you can't. Right? Like, yeah, stop no, and take a break. Right. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. You like, don't know where that next dungeon is. Yeah. Just take take a nap. All right. So, we talked about finding... We, we, we've oh gotten two down the list, right? We're so, really bad at um, being concise. Yes, yeah, so this is pretty bad. Um, do we want to just literally saying nothing, just list right. the things? I'm Okay. I'm going to list the things. Yeah. Well, we hit Mario and Final Fantasy as their first two, which is reasonable. No, they're important things. Um, yeah. Jeff is giving us the wrap-up symbol, which <laughs> uh, indicates that we should wrap up. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the list. Yeah. And um, we're not allowed to talk. No, about no, no games. judgment. I literally won't speak. Okay. Um, you have the floor, and I can't speak. All right. Mario, Monkey Island, Final Fantasy. It says. Final Fantasy 7, but I'm going to say Final Fantasy. Donkey Kong. Braid. D&D? Question mark. Baldur's Gate. SSI Gold Box and Silver Box. The Orange Box. Rock Band. Guitar Hero. Zelda. This is a very strange order. Will is holding to his promise that he will not speak, and he is nodding. Prince of Persia. Oh, this is that board game that is a submarine simulation. Breakout. Pong. Space War. Wolfenstein. Quake. Call of Duty. Duck Hunt. I mentioned Mario again, just to point out that we both really think that game is important. Alright. Undertale. Brood War. 
That is Starcraft and Brood War. Halo, Day of the Tentacle, Mist. I don't know if we actually talked about Mist, but it came up somehow and we... No, I, I mentioned it um, because oh. we were discussing uh, slow CD-ROM loading. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Mario 64, Star Fox, a very important mention by Jeff, but was clearly not part of either Will or I's childhood. And, so. and, and in fact, I'm, all, all of the things that Jeff uh, has written for us are, although I actually don't know what Bonk is, um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> no, no, I don't, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's too bad. Um, but uh, Marathon, Myth, Star Fox, and GoldenEye um, were added to this list, and I think that they 100% belong on the list. Yeah. Um, every one of those is. They, yeah. They reflect an N64 uh, lineage. That's true. <laughs> Although Marathon was PC, right? Mac. Uh, Mac. Um, it, it's a Mac, yeah. So, And I played a lot of Marathon, but I didn't myself own a Mac, so mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, but my next door neighbor had a Mac, and right. So like early in in video game, like, there's all these weird loyalties, right? There's Mac and PC, and there's like right. and Nintendo or Sega or Sony, or and you can only play certain games, and um, we're like mostly passed beyond that, right. which is which is awesome. Which um, we mentioned when we when we were um, discussing our yeah. division of right. loyalty. Right. So oh for so for instance, we didn't say Sonic. Um, we, yeah, neither of us said Sonic. Um, though it it in fact is very much part of. No, it's part of um, the canon. Right, so uh, other things that are important are like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Um, the end, the, I believe that this SNES Street Fighter is definitive and the Sega Mortal Kombat is definitive. And it has to do with like different game design decisions and how they capitalize on different hardware decisions. Mm. That's like an extremely abstract claim that I'm... I, I have not yet said GoldenEye. Mm. I, which is extraordinarily important. Yeah. Without GoldenEye, there would be no Call of Duty. And Call of Duty is one of the best-selling franchises of all time. Yeah, I mean, if I was to list... If I was to go back in my memory of fun first-person shooter experiences, um, I think I had fun playing Halo once um, a couple years ago. And then I'd have to go back like five years ago, five years before then to Jedi Knight. And then that was cool. And then I'd probably have to go back another like ten years to GoldenEye. Um, I'd be like, like for that having fun. can't be true. <laughs> Look, I, I say that can't be true, but in fact, I am not looking at calendars. No, I, I've I've made up a, I might or... made up a bunch of dates, um, yeah. and I may ha I may have gone gone beyond. No, but, I'm also making up yeah. dates, so um, I neither of us are right or wrong. Um, so that's that's a list, right? There, there's things that are missing from the list. Oh, um, there's so um, many things. And, oh, and Jeff if, is writing. And if we were going chronologically, like we would add them. Um, um, I can you know um like. Oh, Jeff says GoldenEye was 1997. That sounds reasonable. Um, About, he says. But it, there's yeah. a tilde. Like, um, there, I can immediately think of a very large number of games that are important that aren't on this list. Right? Well, that is 20 um, years ago. Yeah, you can... Right, like... Yeah, so that, that actually... I think I said 5 plus 10 plus 5 or something. Um, but... Um, yeah, like there's a lot of games that aren't on this list that we just didn't hit on. Um, if we were going like strictly chronologically, it hey, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we're going strictly chron chronologically, like there would be an interesting thing here. I think that future. I think that we should 
can continue to like think about this mm -hmm. this idea of the canon. I also think that there are eras of game design, um, and oh, that the one true. thing that we could think about is is when these game design era transitions happen. Okay. Um, yeah, there's like so much to say there that if I started talking about it, we'd just have to keep yeah, talking for another like four hours. So I'm I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Jeff brings up a very interesting point. Jeff is good at this. Jeff says Oregon Trail, right? To which I say, yay. Yeah, right. And and it, and then suddenly, suddenly the Oregon Trail reminds me of essentially a million other things, right? So like, I got uh, I got killed by a rattlesnake. Um, I died of dysentery. Um, you know, I tried to ford the river, and uh, I should have caught the wagon and floated it was, across. Um, so somehow but, in the computer lab in elementary school, there were these tombstone pizza ads. This is relevant. No, no, this is, this is fair. I, I sudden you didn't go to the same elementary school as me. So, so I. That's true. We were. So I didn't have tombstone ten pizza miles ads. away from each other. <laughs> um. So we were playing Oregon Trail, and I was playing, and I remembered this commercial on TV. Um, which was played all the freaking time. Yeah. It was not... What, what do you want on your tombstone? Pepperoni and sausage. <laughs> Let's say that's what it was. Um, it was approximately that. So, when one of my characters died, I wrote pepperoni and yeah, sausage. Yeah, yeah, And a few minutes later, somebody across the room from me sh was said, Hey, look! And I looked over, and there was a tombstone of a character saying pepperoni and sausage. And wait, are you are you claiming that your elementary school had a networked version of Oregon Trail? No, I I I claim that my mind was blown, <laughs> and I could not tell whether they had copied my joke or it was networked, and this introduced the notion that something I did on my computer hmm. could reference, could be experienced by somebody else's computer. Um, and this was a so, remarkably early notion of networking, whether it happened or not. Because we're talking about this, I want to say MUDs, and I'm not going to name any. Oh my god, I'm going to write MUDs, but I'm not going to name any either. Um, and then I also want to say BBS door games. I'm just going to write BBS, and then I'm going to write yeah. below that BB. Um, right, so door. we can... BBSs are their own topic. Persistence in games. There's a lot of games there, but we have to stop talking about we stuff. We have to stop talking. It's, it's required. It's been too long. The world has decided that nobody wants to listen to anyone talk for this long. Yeah, I certainly don't. No. Um, I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. Um, All right. So, I'm Bryce. Um, and I'm Will. And we've been talking about video games. And that's the best we can do for a title at this point. Yeah. One, one day. One day we'll have a title. We have plenty to talk about in the future. And we will talk to you soon. Have a good time in the future.